Thanks for tuning in. This is Down the Fandom Hole, a podcast about the creative side of fandom and its amazing queer community. Join our host, fanfic writer and queer bear extraordinaire, Aika Spencer, as she and fellow fan creators share their fandom stories, talk creativity, and discuss inclusive spaces. While you listen, visit patreon.com slash down the fandom hole and check out the free companion post for this episode. There you'll find creative content from today's guests, recommendations and shout-outs to other fandom creators, as well as links to follow Aya and her guests. So hop to it and check it out. Aloha, my lovely fan beans. It's Fandom Friday. I'm your host, Aya Spencer, and today I'm talking with the absolutely funny and hilarious Witchy Love 14, who shared the impact that the Tara and Willow relationship had on her and... A writing hack that completely floored me, along with, you got to keep listening to find out. Thank you for coming on the show. (laughs) Hi, thank you. (laughs) Before we begin, what are your pronouns? Uh, She, her. Okay, she, her. Let's kind of spring this off with what got you into fandom. Oh, I, what got me into it was honestly my first, my first fandom was the Willow and Tara fandom from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That was like what got me into it because I love them. And then when Joss Whedon did Tara so dirty, it's like, I need to soothe my soul in a way. And then kind of like found fan fiction through that and then was like, oh, I want to try writing this. So then I went about writing it and then it just kind of like, you know, stone rolled from there. So you decided I need to take this crazy ass stupidity into my hands and make awesome fan fiction about it. Yes. Cause it's like, you know what? I really hate how shows do some things and this is what I would change about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you, they do, they do these characters dirty, even if, I mean, cause these were canon characters who were together, right? They like fell in love. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were canon. Yeah. They were one of like the first big public television couples that were seen on TV. At least like at my age, at least when I was in the nineties growing up with it. Mm-hmm. And um it was really cool. And then Tara died. Very not great. And it was they did her so dirty. And that's like one of the first references when they say about like, you know, killing the lesbians on any of the shows, how the lesbians always seem to die. They kind of, from what I have seen, Willow and Tara are like the first couple that gets mentioned because of what happened. You know, it's funny. I was on Tumblr today and I saw this set of gifts or pictures and the guy, what's his name? Stephen Levy, his son. I forgot his son's name. Oh, um, Dan? Yeah. Dan Levy? I feel like it's Dan, but I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I could do a quick Google Google search. Give me a second. Okay. Eugene Levy and Daniel Levy. So Eugene Levy is the father. Daniel Levy is the son. Sweet. My memory did something right. (laughs) Okay. So back to what I was saying. So um, Dan Levy was talking about this final season, the final show of the final episode of Ship's Creek. Mm 
And he talked about how he had growing up and watching the different shows that had gay characters. He was conditioned to either fear that they would get shot, that something bad would happen or they would not get a happy ending, something along those lines. And so when Schitt's Creek ended and it says happy endings, he's like, this was an homage to say you can have these happy endings. And so that kind of ties into what you're saying is that they always had such poor endings. I mean, even Lexa, she got shot by her advisor. I mean, all the gay people in all the queer people in fear the walking dead the walking dead or something the that series they all die yeah you know so it's basically like the gay character is simply there as the death the bad news or the character who ends up with something unhappy something unhappy that destroys them and so Shits creek didn't do that they actually gave every single character a good happy ending yeah which is nice and mm-hmm. important to see because mm-hmm. that was like, I remember I was watching the 100. I, I was very invested because it was really cool. And mm-hmm. then I loved Lexa and then her and Clark happened. It was like, wow, this is so great. What is going to happen? Mm-hmm. And it happened. But, and then it happened. And it was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like again, like mm-hmm. still, Mm-hmm. And so finally things are like changing and it's really nice to see in media that that's happening because that was like, I, how old did you see when you did the Google search, Dan, how old he is? Oh, Hey, give me two seconds. I can look that up. Again. Oh, I was going to say I could look, but I was just curious if you saw. Let's see. It looks like he was 38. Born- <laughs> 83. Okay. 38. So, 38. Look, that was so fast. <laughs> I, you know, I, it's the writing fingers. Um, yeah, he's 38. So, yeah, he's got only like nine years on me. But yeah, that was like definitely the common theme was that you just really did expect them to die mm-hmm. or they were like vilified in some way or, you know, it was always something bad. But then now it's been really great. But yet I still like me personally, I still have that dread. Like I loved She-Ra. Did you watch? No. The, the, okay. So She-Ra on uh, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Um, yeah, the one on Netflix. Yes. It's so good. I, I tell my list of things to watch. It's amazing. And it ends happy. And it's just like, I wasn't expecting this and I'm really glad, but you know, I think cause the, um, one of the writing writers for it is queer. And I think that like, honestly, all their writers were part of the LGBT community in some way, shape or form because they did a really good job. Well, they had trans characters too on there, right? It was the scope of queerness. It wasn't just like, lesbians and gays it was also trans people and you know every part of our spectrum our rainbow they yeah they did they did a really nice job with it and which was great but i get like if i get my hopes up at all i'm like oh i'm just gonna prepare myself for disappointment right because that's what i've been conditioned to do is to prepare myself for disappointment so i hope that like over time 
I cannot be, I can be, you know, happy with it and not disappointed. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's probably going to start happening more often because I mean, if Shets Creek is doing it and then She-Ra princesses of power is doing it, you know, it's, no. it's a slow moving train, but it's moving and there's hope that it'll, it'll get better. Maybe we'll actually have an entire show that deals with being a le- being queer on mainstream as opposed to like Showtime or Rainforest. Like HBO. Yeah, or like um, The L Word, Fox. which is on Showtime. Is it on Showtime? Or yeah. Yeah, oh, Showtime. The L Word. Oh, man. You know? So. Oh. The L Word is like the original L Word. I can't speak for the new one because I have no desire to watch it. Um, But the old L Word, the OG L Word was like, I mean, like I would, I would come home from school mm-hmm. with my dial up internet uh-huh. and I would load an episode like online because it take forever to load. And I would load an episode for like however many hours <laughs> it would take, <laughs> but I would watch the episodes and that's how I would watch them. Mm-hmm. And because it was like, I I think at, like at that point I was aware that I was gay but I wasn't out yet. Mm-hmm. And so I watched that. I actually like one of my friends had like the DVDs and like I borrowed the DVDs mm-hmm. like off of her to be able to watch it and that was like the main source of representation that mm-hmm. I think the majority of lesbians had at that time. And it's a really bad Bad representation. I mean, it doesn't even end happy, right? No, because it's awful. It, everybody cheats, which perpetuates the stereotype that, like, mm-hmm. lesbians all just, you know, they just cheat and sleep around with, like, their friends, which, in fairness, um, can happen. From what I have seen in my city is the case. <laughs> um, so it's not. So it's not wrong, but it's not, you know, not something we want to highlight. Yeah, it's not something to, like, idolize or strive toward. Right. Put it that way. Because, it, I mean, it's not great. It was all bad. Like, they're all cheating. They're all lying. They're all just, you know, like, some of them were fine. But they, and then they, how they handle, like, if you watch it now, how they handle um, Max, who was the trans character on the show, how mm-hmm. they handle that is atrocious. Like, it's so fucking bad. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much everything. It did not age well. And it hadn't even, it hasn't even been that long. Mm-hmm. But it aged very, very poorly. Well, I have watched the first season of the new one and, like, the half of the first episode of the second season. And it's, the story is basically parallel stories between Bet and the new generation. So in some way, shape, or form, the new generation is connected to the old generation. So like, what is her name? What is the blonde chick's name? Tina. Tina. She has a show. And Finley and Roz, I think is her, her um, employee's name. They end up, they decide to fall in love with each other. But then um, Roz's girlfriend is the, I forget, I can't, I don't remember what she is, but she's like the media manager maybe for Bess. Bess or Bet? Bet. Bet. I'm so bad with names. Okay. Um, 
bet who's running for, I think, governor or mayor. And so they're together. And then you have Shane, who then ends up with Finley, who needs a place to... And it's just basically, it's parallel stories throughout. Okay. Yeah. And then Rosie O'Donnell plays the... I'm so bad with names. Who is... Okay. Right? Yeah, no. So not the blonde, not that blonde one, but the blonde one who... Um, was dating the one who died, the tennis player oh, who died. Alice. There you go, Alice. Alice. All right, that was so bad. I'm such a bad, such a bad queer person. It's but, okay. I know, I know all the original ones, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I'll, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me a short descriptor, and I'll do my best. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, but yeah, so Alice and Finley and Roz. God, I hope that's correct. They're the same. They're work. They work together, and then Danny and Bet work together, and then Tina is with Rosie O'Donnell's character. They have their daughter, who is also queer and is dating this girl, and it's just it's just the second generation who are attached somehow to the yeah. first people. I gotcha. So I mean, it's okay. It's not amazing. They do a little slightly better job, if you ask me, with um highlighting the trans community because the waitress person or the hostess person who works with Shane, she's trans. And so, you know, there isn't that much of a big difference between it. So I, I, they're slowly evolving and hopefully that one will age better, but the story is kind of okay. Mm, Yeah. I, I probably still won't watch it. That's fine. You don't have to, but, um, okay. (laughs) What does fandom mean to you then? Um, I would say that for me, fandom means like being able to come together in a community that also enjoys the show and the characters and oftentimes the same ships as you do. And it's a really nice thing to like be able to nerd out with people who are also in the same mindset. So when you found fandom, was it just kind of like finding your people or what was it like? Um, I would say like kind of like find, I, yeah, like finding my people that enjoy the same things that I do and, you know, were invested in the same shows. And I met actually my, my one ex because she was also in the Swan Queen fandom and we mm-hmm. met on Tumblr. That was pretty cool. Like I've made a few friends like from the fandoms that I still talk to. One of them actually that I knew her and her girlfriend before they were dating in the Swan Queen fandom. And now like her name's Ash. She's my best friend. Like mm-hmm. I talk to her on the daily. So it's, it was just, I don't know. It was really nice. Yeah, it has been nice. Like because of this pandemic, I've become more um, involved in the different fandoms and you're getting to meet so many new people and you're creating these close connections with people who like multiple fandoms or the same fandom as you. And you can even find relationships, which is always just amazing that the amount of long distance relationships I've found have been created because of being in the same fandom and enjoying the same things and having common things to talk about or 
be like writers or creatives in some sort. Yeah, exactly. Give me one second. I need to turn on my light. That's getting dark here. But it's dark there, so. Oh, my gosh. It's been, it, it gets dark here now at, you know, like 7. Yeah, that's about the same time it gets dark here. I think we need to. Do you guys do daylight savings time there? Nope, not at all. You lucky. Oh, I fucking hate it. It's pointless. It is absolutely pointless. Yes, it is just so terrible. Well, you know, you guys, people change over, but I don't. And so it messes with my podcast schedule sometimes because I forget it exists. So Yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, I absolutely hate it. I had even went as far to Google it and literally read the entire history of it so that when I die, <laughs> I know whose ass I need to kick. Because, and it's some Australian man who decided, who wanted extra time. This is the first idea of it being proposed. He wanted more time to go fishing. Why couldn't he just, uh, no, why, why did he have no, to change I anything? Know. I don't know. But literally that, that was like the first like proposition. Like I'm sure that there had been things, I, I don't know, but that was, as far as the internet is aware, that was the first instance of it. And then I understood it being utilized during the war mm-hmm. and then World War II. I get that. That makes sense to me. You're doing it for a specific reason and because of power mm-hmm. issues and you're trying to, like, you know, balance the power structure grid. Like, I get that. Right. But now. No point. We, we don't need it. No and, like, if there was ever a time to do away with it for everybody, mm-hmm. it was during the pandemic. Because yeah. no one had any sense of time anyway. I know. God, it was so terrible. Blur's Day. It was, every day was Blur's Day. Yes. It was, I'm like, what day is it? Oh, yeah, it's Saturday. I have to go. <laughs> I mean, I loved it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, it, it did, like, the days blurred together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know what day of the week it is. I am just vibing. At home, writing fan fiction. No, I'm kidding. I mean, no, pretty much. Like, <laughs> Well, also drawing, right? Because you do draw. Yeah. You draw yeah. all that gentler, general Adler. Alder. Alder. <laughs> I keep saying it, and it's always backwards. It's Alder. Okay. Yeah, general Alder. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that one Lynn with Renee. the X's. <laughs> Lynn Renee all day, every day. I mean, she is hot. That jawline is quite nice. She, from, okay, so from an artist's perspective, like, she really has a wonderful bone structure to draw. Like, uh-huh. and I don't know if other people, I'm sure there are other artists like that, but for me, it's so much easier to draw a person that has, like, a really good bone structure. It uh-huh. just makes it easier that they're a little bit more angular. Um uh-huh. So that's why, like, I love drawing um, Helena Bottom Carter for the same reason. Like, she has a really good bone structure to work with. And <laughs> same goes for Lynn. Like, uh-huh. and Lana. Lana has a nice bone structure as well. Like, she's nice to draw, too. But Emma has a nice bone structure, too. She's not exactly baby-faced. No, I like, so... <sighs> Jennifer Morrison. Um, I am not 
the uh, the only time that I kind of actually liked her in something was on House. Mm-hmm. And only because I have gone through so many rewatches of it because I love that show. Uh, I'm just not a huge fan of her as an actress. Mm-hmm. I just have never really liked any of her characters. That's understandable. Yeah, and even House, it took, like, seven rewatches for her to even kind of grow on me. So it's just, (laughs) that was just kind of how it is. And, like, I like, like, you know, like, she is, Jennifer Morrison is attractive. She's not my type. (laughs) If you couldn't tell by the the pick of, you know, Lana, Lynn, (sighs) Helena, all dark hair. Right. Nice jawlines. Right. Lynn's the only deviation in the sense that she has blue eyes instead of brown. Right, because Helena's is a kind of dark brown. Or, yeah, hers yeah. are very dark and Lana's are very dark. But like I mean I mean Katie McGraw has a nice jawline too. Oh yeah, Katie oh Katie's in there with the mix too. Um I actually had a post on Tumblr that uh was like I don't have, it was like me, like, I don't have a type, and it's like, I have everything, like, my type, and then it's just, like, Katie McGrath, um, Lana, Lynn, Helena, uh, Alcina from Resident Evil 8, like, all, like, very specific, and somebody had replied to it and was, like, I'm pretty sure that Katie and Lynn are the same person. Like, they should just count as one. Because they do look very similar. They do and they don't. I mean, Lynn's eyes are are blue, and then Katie McGraw's are green-blue somehow. Hers are, yeah, I I think that, like, if, if they ever, for whatever reason, they never will, but if they did, for some reason, if there was ever a need for a young general alder mm-hmm. they would have they they should definitely get katie mcgraw to do that like that would be my pick because she looks similar enough to lynn and if you lighten katie's hair color up a little bit like for a young sarah alder 100 percent, she could she could totally pull off like a young sarah alder well here's the thing katie mcgraw is naturally blonde which is, no, she's not naturally blonde. She is naturally blonde. She looks so much better with dark hair. I completely agree, but she is Are naturally sure? blonde. I'm 100% sure. I mean, Melissa Benoist oh is naturally brunette. Who? Melissa Benoist, Supergirl, oh, naturally yeah, yeah. brunette. But no, yeah. Katie McGraw is blonde. I'm, I'm looking. No. Okay. Yeah, don't believe no, me. No, 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 no. It says... That her natural hair color is brown and black. But that's... No. There are conflicting things. No. Okay. There's a YouTube video. <laughs> Check out the link in the episode's description to watch that YouTube video. Brown. Okay. That's just about... Yeah, like... Where the fuck? What's the... Yeah. Cracking the cases here. Now I'm hurt. I am hurt. I... Right. 
I was wrong. I will be sad for a moment, but I will move on. I mean, hey, anybody that listens <laughs> to the podcast, if they know and have evidence, bring it well, forth to settle the debate once and for all. But according to the Google, according, it is brown. According to the Google, it is brown. And according to an interview with her, it is brown. So... Ah, mystery solved. Damn it. Another case closed. So she's still brunette and she still fits in your profile of kind of girls you like. (laughs) I mean, I like Katie as a blonde too. Like she, she does look good as blonde. I like her as a brunette more. I like her. Yeah. I like her as a brunette a lot more, but she still looks good as blonde. Like there are some actresses like, honestly, Jennifer Morrison as a brunette. No. No, she does not look good as a brunette, no. but she looks really good with that light blonde hair that she's she was sporting for Emma Swan. Yeah, she was good with the blonde, but she was not so good brunette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the amazing thing about hair color. Yes, you can dye it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look like someone else and... Uh, it's like camouflage. Skirt the authorities. Get in, see mm-hmm. me. No, that's, obviously that's not the case, but you know, whatever. You just casually dye your hair to avoid the law. Exactly. <laughs> avoid. I'm like, yeah, hey, bye. <laughs> no, you'll never catch me now. No, 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 that's not me. That's not me. My hair is naturally this color. You're like, oh no, I think, oh, that woman that you're looking for is like a redhead, but like. Yeah, mm-hmm. not me. I'm brunette. <laughs> Like, oh, they're blonde? Oh. Right. Good thing that I don't have that hair color. (laughs) Anytime you think the law is catching on, you just start dying it. Yeah. Anyway, come see, come saw. So what is your kind of ritual for getting in the groove for creating and writing and drawing? I always, for whenever I'm writing specifically, um... I prefer to do a lot of my writing in the morning, mm-hmm. weirdly, but uh, when I do, I always have, like, I make sure I have my cup of coffee, and I have my Spotify on, and I have, like, a, I have writing, I have a writing playlist mm-hmm. that, depending on what I'm working on, I will play, like, so I always have something some sort of structure with it. Or if I'm writing at night, I'll have like a glass of wine or a glass of whiskey or something while I write. And with also my Spotify music playing. Drawing is usually just like Spotify or I have like back something on in the background mm-hmm. for when I draw. Cause I just kind of like zone out. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people say that they listen to this podcast, not trying and uh, promoting my own podcast, but also just saying the truth. No, do it, do it. They listen to this podcast in the background while they're doing like drawing or something. I'm like, okay, that's cool. That is really cool. I like podcasts are great to have on like just for the background. I had um, the one though, like I pay attention, like I, cause I want to know everything that happens is for real life ghost stories. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Are you, like, afraid of ghosts or, like... I am afraid of the knowledge of knowing there are ghosts. Oh, okay. I got you. But do not begrudge their existence. 
Uh, I actually went um, ghost hunting <laughs> on Sunday on Halloween. Oh my god. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, can we not talk? <laughs> but yes, it's good. It's but so it, this pod that podcast wouldn't be for you then. Um, but it is really it is really neat and like she does some episodes um uh-huh. that tell you about like a particular like ghost story like specifically and it'll be the whole episode that she talks about that one mm-hmm. but then um in between like the main episodes she does these story ones that like people send in their ghost stories okay and she reads their reads their stories which is also super cool and fun to hear all these different ones and it's like all different places like some coming from the u.s some like she's based out in the uk but um coming from the uk coming from europe you know all over the place that's funny because that's kind of what like audio frick books is that um that introduced me to you because they do podfix so they contact different fanfic writers to be able to read them and then they record them and you can like find them on AO3. And then they have live readings of people who love different fan fictions, which is what I do because I cannot keep a straight face with your Cora Mills story. <laughs> so like I'm laughing through it and like, yeah, it would not be a professional kind of thing. I, yeah, I actually had somebody, I remember somebody commenting like on a, like a review for adventures with Cora Mills after like a, a particular chapter or something mm-hmm. and that, they had read it in class like they were also in college and they had read it in class and they had said like what a mistake it was to read it in (laughs) class because they started like laughing out loud and were having a hard time so Mm -hmm. like I don't know who that person is but like there's somewhere in one of the chapters of adventures with Cora Mills that I think probably at the beginning or the end of the story in the author's notes I think I have in there like please do not read this in class (laughs) (laughs) because like I'm not trying to make anybody like fail (laughs) their like their college education because you know y'all want to read in class like I get I totally get it I would I would read in class too because Mm -hmm. sometimes that shit was mad boring so yeah Yeah. I know what you mean it's always funny always a good laugh that first chapter was killer you and that rap it's like oh my god I gotta rap no Cora but she did it, you know, and then there's like music to fuck Regina too with the playlist. Yeah, I know. And they're like, I don't need to hear this, David. <laughs> it's just like freaking out. And yeah, like, she just gives like Henry, like, I don't even know what it was if it was earmuffs or headphones or noise canceling headphones, but just plops them over his ears. Like, okay, I don't want to know. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't let Henry hear. Yes. But that's probably a good segue because why are you so damn funny? How did you get to be so damn funny? I was going to answer with a dark humor joke. <laughs> Go for it. And I was like, mm. You do you. Um, it's the depression. Uh, Beyond that mental illness. Genuinely, like, I think that very serious, and just being a millennial and the way, like, literally growing up through all the bullshit that has happened. Okay. Like, 
watching watching 9-11 happen on TV in real time, you know, is a particular uh-huh. trauma <laughs> that started early. Um, so I'll, I like, I know so many people, actually pretty much every millennial I know has a, like a dark sense of humor. Mm-hmm. There's a couple that don't, but they're the rare few. Everybody else seems to have that I've met, like has some gallows humor. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is a lot to live through. You do have nine eleven. you have a bunch of different, just crazy things going on. And then you, now you have the pandemic and it just is a constant state of unsettlement, I think. Not to mention, like, well, what, two recessions? Yeah, we, there have been a lot of shit that's happened, ultimately. Uh-huh. And it's just, yeah, it's a lot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But yeah, usually, like, that's just, I don't know. I've always been funny. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what I've been told. But I, I really grew into my humor much more, um, like, once I was in college. And then I think just the older, every year that I get older, I get funnier. Because <laughs> I've lived through more shit. <laughs> more material that. to make fun of. Yeah, honestly, that's pretty much it. I'm like, yeah, this is why. Is your dark humor also the reason why you try to have such healthy conversations in your story? Because they, there's a really good flow to it. Like I started to read your Calder fic and the way Tally and Sarah interact, there's a maturity to it that signals a little bit more thought and consciousness. Is, does the dark humor help with that or like why? Why? I wouldn't say that the dark humor itself helps with that. I would say what helps with that is basically, again, like literally just getting older because like I, I do and still um, struggle with depression, anxiety, even though, you know, meds, all the, all the, all the things, but also lots of therapy. And that has really been the, the big thing for me, like realizing how important healthy communication is and things that bother me all the time in like movies and TV shows. Like I, I understand it's for angst and for a dramatic effect. And I understand that I am so frustrated when it's like, y'all could have just had a conversation, right? God. And this all could have been avoided. Like th- this is pointless. Mm-hmm. So to me, when I see that I'm like, and it doesn't actually drive toward like a something bigger or like more intricate. Like, I I don't know. It just seems like lazy writing to me. You're just, Oh, you're creating this drama for just for the sake of it. Like it's not actually contributing to anything for the plot. It's just kind of there. Yeah. You see, that's where I kind of get my mix of hate and love for slow burns. Like if the slow burn has like an adult conversation where they're honest about what's going on and they don't avoid it. Yeah. I'm okay with it. But if they have, if the entire story is about avoiding a conversation that could have been had and then working through the problems that they go, go through, that's a slow burn I'll read. But if it's just them taking forever to say what they need to say because they're just avoiding it, I know yeah, like it's just avoiding for the sake of avoidance. Exactly, because they're just so mad, and they're. I'm like, yeah. 
it's like no like that's where that's where I'm at too I'm like that's I'm like this could have been done differently mm-hmm. like why and I, it's not always like but it's like especially like movies or tv shows it drives me nuts I don't really see it so much like I like slow burn fix and a lot of the ones that I've read it's done in a really good way and I'm just like can you just <laughs> like come on but I love it but then, like, there will be, like, TV shows or something where it's just, like, the mis- the communication is so freaking bad that I'm, like, there is no way that, like, people communicate this bad. But then there are. And I'm just totally I mean, surprised by it. You are watching shows that are basically mainstream life in some way, shape, or form. I cannot tell you how many times my heterosexual friends are not talking about what's pissing them off to their their um significant others i'm like why don't you just talk to them and so like you don't get it this that and everything in those under the sound i'm like i know but you're not happy and you're playing these really dumbass games you could just figure this out together and if you guys can't figure it out together is your relationship really that strong yeah exactly like and then they hate you for it like, yeah, and it's like, okay, I'm sorry. But you know what, though? In fairness, too, like, I, I have met many lesbians who do not talk about their freaking feelings. That's true. And I'm like, just, why? It's exhausting. Like, uh-huh. because I, I communicate. I like to communicate. I think healthy communication is important. There are good ways to go about it. Like, mm-hmm. all these things, if you just talk and be supportive. Mm-hmm. It's great. I mean, it creates a oh. wonderful nuance as well. You've, you have test your relationships ability to absorb each other's disappointment. And can you find the common ground to make it better? Or is this where you need to part ways? Cause then you're wasting time. And I hate wasting time. Well, that's not true. Cause I am a master procrastinator. I but mean, okay, that's, like that's different, but that's different. <laughs> I get it because I also am a master procrastinator. <laughs> I understand completely. <laughs> but when it comes to like relationships, I don't want to waste time. Mm-mm. It's not, it's like, oh, okay, well, this isn't going to work because you don't actively communicate how you're feeling and I'm not a mind reader. Mm-hmm. So, and it seems like a lot of relationships are like that now. Like, for gay, straight, whatever, like, nobody just talks about it, and they don't want to talk about their feelings. I I don't know. I know that for myself. I, I was never, like, I want to be in a relationship, right? But I mm-hmm. also know that if I'm not in a relationship, who I am is fine. Like, I'm not defined by my relationship. Do I like being with someone? Do I like having the intimacy? Do I like having all that stuff? But I think there are some people and there's nothing wrong with this. And I'm not trying to invalidate their personal desires and needs and wants. But I know that some people need that. And I think maybe that's the problem. Like they need it so much that it makes them afraid to bring up hard conversations at the thought that maybe they'll be alone. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. So I'm like, I'm okay with being alone. I don't like it necessarily, but I also know that I'll be okay. And I'm not willing to, uh, what's the word? Compromise your peace. (laughs) Right. You know, I'm not, 
I'm like, I'm going to tell them what's hard. I'm going to say what's difficult. Sometimes I'll be super flowery about it if I think that's what they need at the moment, or I'll just be direct. I'm like, I'm sorry, that's just not going to work for me. How, right. what, how can we compromise? You know, I'm not, I'm not just saying no. I'm like, no, but how can we compromise? You know, there's always trying to find that way to connect and stay connected. And so, you know, it just shows emotional maturity. Like that's just, you're, you sound like you're an emotionally mature person. Sometimes. Everybody <laughs> has their moments. I'm not saying it's an ongoing process. I think what the like other thing is, is that I've learned to give myself grace. Like, yes, I, I have these moments where it's utter oh, mortification yeah. and I'm like, oh my fucking Lord, why did I do that? I feel terrible. I've hurt someone's feelings. I've done all yeah. this. Then I try to do the work. I don't, I don't pussyfoot around the fact that I was a shit and then I try to fix it. Even if I don't get the chance with them, I try to fix myself to make it so that I don't do it to someone else. I give myself the grace to know I'm going to always be the work in progress. I'm always going to fuck up. And next time I fuck up, I'm going to know how to react better so that I lessen the fuck up I did before. You know, right. so it's all about making your fuck ups better. <laughs> Does that make yeah. sense? It makes sense to me. I understand. Hopefully listeners will too. <laughs> Hopefully. I followed it. <laughs> but yeah, so I think... I think to a degree, we, we aren't taught to give ourselves grace. You know, it's like you fucked up. You're a total shit. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should, you should just wear it as a heavy burden on your back and you can never be better. And myself, I do not, I try my very best to not look at a person who's made a mistake and have it be the only thing I see from now on. I'm like, okay, they did this before. Now, what are they doing now? What, how are they acting now? How are they presenting themselves now? And so I try to remain present with them, even though I do know their past. And I'm like, okay, it looks like you're going down that wrong path again. Maybe just relax. I still like you. How can I help you? You know, instead of making them feel like they're them, they're on their own. I'd be like, Hey, I know what you were like, but it looks like you're really trying now. How can I help you maintain this? So that's the kind of thing I'm, I'm trying to grow into. You got time. It's um, an, like, it, it just, it, it's ongoing. Like oh, it's forever. It never ends. Yeah. It, it's an, it is a train you cannot get off, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mm-hmm. is okay. Well, that's life, right? The right, life yeah. is not meant to be perfect. Life changes. Yeah. It's forever changing. And the very best you can do is give grace to yourself, give grace to others and try your best to keep communicating as clearly as you can and learn from your mistakes. But don't give them so much grace that you're willing to accept like emotional and mental abuse. I just want to add that. (laughs) No, no, definitely not. Yeah. That's like a whole nother making excuses level for people. And like, yeah, but yeah, no, no, that's true. But I also like for myself and I don't know if this is true for everyone. And that's the thing. It's like, Now that I've been able to kind of give others grace, I also don't absorb it so much that it ruins my day. And I'm just like, okay, I'm shutting down from you, moving on, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to keep giving you the energy that you keep trying to suck out of me. I'm like, no, this energy is mine. It's staying in this body. You can walk away or I will. You know what? I'll walk away. So yeah, but no, no, completely do not allow yourself to be abused or anything and when you walk away i'm so proud of you agreed 
All right. So now on that rabbit hole, we'll come back up. And now <laughs> we just like, whoop, do, we just whoop. keep going. <laughs> we, do. we do. These might end up just being behind the scenes if this episode gets too long. Because we're at like oh, almost two and a half hours. <laughs> we can definitely cut out the rabbit holes of like, <laughs> just like half of the rabbit holes. <laughs> but coming back down the right rabbit hole, what gives you inspiration? Or where do you find your inspiration? You know, honestly, like sometimes, depending on what I'm writing, like if I'm writing, if I'm doing a fanfic in particular, I usually will put like the show on in the background mm-hmm. just, just, just because like just to hear their voices, just to like stay in that mindset of like how it would sound coming from them. Um, That's a good idea. I never thought of that. Yeah, it helps. Like, especially because like, like you're sitting there and you're like studying their facial expressions and you're, you can tell when they're feeling a certain way about something. And then you're right. Like, oh, I know how they would probably feel in this moment and what that would look like and how I should describe that. Oh my God. That is fucking awesome. (laughs) I'm like, I'm uh, sorry. I'm trying to figure out what their face is doing in my own brain. And I've got a fucking picture to look at. Oh my fucking. Yeah. Like it's right there. Like just put it up and just see, or like sometimes like reading other fan fictions help too, especially if I'm like, man, I just, if I get writer's block in particular or something, like sometimes reading other fan fictions within that, that ship is helpful. That's true. I do that with smut because I'm yeah, like, like it makes how do I get excited. to here? <laughs> yeah. And you're like more, you're like more excited about writing it. Then you're like, Oh yeah. Like it suddenly gives you like, I don't know, like recharges your battery. At least it does for me. But yes. <sighs> yeah. Now I'm realizing I should start watching shows and trying to describe their facial expressions. There you go. I'm in bliss. I'm in bliss. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so happy that that helps. (laughs) Oh my God. It's like, seems so simple. Uh, Anywho. Okay. So you listen to the, uh, the show as it's going on. Do you listen to music sometimes? Like when I'm writing pretty much all the time, I have music on to like at least on like a low volume or um for specific things i will listen to certain music like it it helps me visualize more what's what i want to happen and what is going on it kind of i don't know it's like certain ones like will kind of the emotion that it pulls out too and it's like oh like this moment and like this song and like these two idiots who love each other like (laughs) This would work like this. Like, let me figure out how to work with those feelings. So would you say you're a pantser, planner or planser? A what? Okay. So you, okay. A planser? Planser. So it's basically a mixture of a pantser planner. So like when I spoke with E. Kingston, she described it more like a scaffolding. So she has a basic gist of what she wants to do. And mm-hmm. then she builds the story off of that. Whereas Pantser, you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants. And then Planner is, you know, you plan everything. Um, Probably definitely like the, the first one. Planser? Whatever one is for the scaffolding. Planser. Yes. 
Yeah, I would go with that because I'll have a base idea for something and I'm like, oh, I really like this idea. And then I just kind of go and then see where I want to go from there for each next step. Like, okay, I know I want to, this is like what I'm starting with. This is kind of where I want to get. And then as I'm writing, then like, okay, I covered this. And now I need, I, I want to get into writing this for mm-hmm. next part. And so, yeah, I just kind of build off how I'm going. If it's Adventure with Cora Mills, <laughs> that's just random ass idea. And we're just going to write and we're going to see what happens. Well, it's funny as hell. No, yeah. <laughs> no planning for, for that one. It's just like, oh, hey. Like Cora, like playing Call of Duty or some shit. It'll be that, uh-huh. and it'll just be it. It won't be planned. There's none of that'll be planned other than like I'm gonna do something with Cora playing Call of Duty. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and that'll be it. That's like what I'm going off of, and then it's just whatever it you know whatever it'll be. So do you remember what caused the Cora Tumblr thing to go on? Because that one was funny. Oh, like the her getting into Tumblr. Yeah, basically, and then she creates the uh, Swan Queen ship, and you know, then her armada and all the shippers, and you know, the status reports and everything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was in depth. Well, it was very in depth. And I was just like, "Don't go down the rabbit hole." And then she goes down the rabbit hole, and then she keeps going down the rabbit hole, and then she Cora... creates an offshoot of that rabbit hole, and then there are people following her. Cora is literally the definition of that like the meme that goes around is like like, Cora no and her being like Cora yes like that is literally is her I don't even know I might have actually written that somewhere in there because I have no idea I can't remember but the tumblr one was mainly because like I think Cora would really like tumblr yeah, yeah. I think she would get into that because she's just the right amount of crazy. And then it ended up just kind of building off of that for like, oh, getting invested in like shipping Swan Queen and have like creating this armada and then like all the ships getting involved in fighting each other and like at these crazy, ridiculous battles. And yeah. then like super chill with each other at the end of the day. <laughs> like, and then the plot twist between that shipper and you're like I did not see that coming okay I don't want to spoil it yeah 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 yeah. I forgot I forgot that I had in there for him yes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then he gets invited to the wedding and yeah oh yeah he's like super involved yes and And then it and then it was like an entire day where they were trying to get to the cake (laughs) and getting drunker by the second oh my god yeah I forgot about that too Oh, yes. I, I crack because these are all, I mean, because it's all the, like some of the older ones and it's been so long. Yes. Yeah, so, well, we're kind of starting in between because we have two different channels. We have the not sufficient for work channel or suitable for work channel. And then we have the suitable for work channel. And so yours can kind of skirt the line sometimes, except especially with that penis pop. Penis what? <laughs> penis pop because of the lollipop. Oh guilt. my God. I Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't remember what I write. Like, I swear. Oh, my. Oh, my God. That's right. Penis pops. 
Yeah. So the sad thing is I didn't even, when I was writing these earlier ones, like I, I was in college, like I, I wasn't even smoking weed. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Wow. Yes. This is what I'm talking about where cords, it just goes off the rails. Yes. That's, That's it. Yes, it's, if you'd like, I can send you the recording I did. Yes, I just did absolutely. one. Please but do. Yeah, so, like, the portion where she's talking about the lollipops, I'm laughing the entire time. You yeah. can barely understand me, but people love it. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, yes. absolutely send that to me. Oh, my God. So, what was I saying? Uh, You know what? Anyway, just moving on. Back, 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 back. So, what do you do for writer's block? Oh, Writer's block is like my arch nemesis. I'll take breaks from writing certain things like for, okay. So for example, my, my one fic that is still incomplete for the Bellamini fandom, I have such bad writer's block. I know where I want to go. Like mm-hmm. I know where I, where I want to get to. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how to get there sometimes. Okay, so before we continue down that path, yeah, why Bellatrix Lestrange and Hermione Granger? Okay, so I that was like one of my guilty pleasure ships. Okay, um, because that's Helena Bonham Carter, right? Yes. Okay, so do you have a thing for Emma Watson and Helen and Helena Bonham Carter, and you're like, let's put them together? I just really loved Bellatrix. Like honestly, so when I read the Harry Potter books. I liked Bellatrix because she she just seemed like batshit crazy. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, cool, because I like I like characters that are they have some depth to them. Cora makes sense now. Okay. Yeah, like I like the characters that have some depth to them, and so since like you don't really get a whole whole lot of Bellatrix's backstory with like through the books, and like you get some, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. It's really sort of in the hands of the fandom. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the version of Bella and Hermione that I like the most. Because it's this basically claimed them. And then everybody did their own takes on them. Okay. And like creating a backstory for them. And it's kind of like devolved in this thing where like it seems like the majority of people in the fandom kind of agree on that because of like how Bellatrix is more than likely this is the kind of childhood that she had or just like all these different events that could have happened in her life that led her down the path that happened. Like you get to take your own take on it because there's such a gap. So I kind of like, like what the fandom has created for that couple in particular. It doesn't hurt though, that Bellatrix is like dark hair and like dark eyes and like is always like, described as like being very like angular and stuff and i'm like yeah well but why hermione (laughs) ranger she's just like such a good two-shoes against it is it because hermione has something that bellatrix wants no i would say i think hermione because honestly they're both they both have this like very distinct air of intelligence and i think that they're similar in some ways, like they're, they're opposite, like two opposite, they're opposite sides of a coin kind of deal 
Like, I think that there's some similarities there that if there were, um, depending, like, on the circumstances, they might, like, would be able to empathize with each other. Some, like, they just, there's, there's, like, certain character traits that has been picked up that I like. But it's all from, it's all, like, fandom. Like, I didn't like Ron and Hermione getting together in the books just for the simple fact that I don't think that Ron is good for Hermione. Uh, he's kind of below her as far as, you know. I, I wasn't, like, a fan. Like, I just wasn't a fan of that. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I would have preferred her ending up with Victor Crumb. Like... Victor Crumb had more depth to him than Ron did. Yeah, like that's, I just, I would have preferred that. Like, I just didn't like that they put her with Ron. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I wish she would have done good with Luna Lovegood, too. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Luna and Hermione pairing, too. Luna Hermione? Hermione Luna? I have no idea what the, I have no idea what their ship name is. Tongue Twister. Yes. Probably or, be very Ravenclaw fitting. Airy genius. Airy genius. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like one of the names for Deep Throat, one of the Deep Throat characters. Maybe, right? <laughs> that caught on, that'd be hilarious. Airy <laughs> <Harry> genius. <laughs> Super corporate. What a ship name. Can you imagine that? Lord. I know, right? That'd be hilarious. So bad. I like I want to write a fan fiction just so I can write Airy Genius and see if it catches on. Oh my gosh. I don't know the characters well enough though. Just just that. That's the only problem. Anyway. So writer writer's block is currently kicking your ass in that story. Yeah. That's so I take a break and I move on to a different story for usually a different fandom. And then I write in that. And then that helps sometimes. Um, Switching projects is usually helpful for my writer's block. Otherwise, like sometimes certain music too, if I'm having a hard time, like I'll put, I'll put certain music on like the uh, hidden citizens does a whole bunch of like epic trailer mixes where they take you know these songs and they just make them into this like epic trailer version and it's like awesome it's super cinematic and all that and that sometimes will really help with writer's block because depending on what it is i just kind of like will sit and i'll just like visualize it in my head mm-hmm. and like go through it like it's a movie mm-hmm. And that helps sometimes, like, especially for like certain things, like if I'm like, like action sequences, like try, like writing an action sequence or something that helps with that. Like, oh, what do I want to see happen just as a helpful tool for me, but I'm a visual, I'm very much a visual person. Mm-hmm. So that helps. I mean, yeah. And uh, Yes. That makes complete sense that, you know, some writers are visual and I'm trying to think about what I do. Sometimes I'm visual. Sometimes I'm 
not, but then I can't think of what I am. When you're not being visual. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I'm just visual. Because, like, what's the opposite of visual? Or, you know, not what's the not visual of creativity? Um, Practical? Maybe? I don't know. Hmm. Conundrum. Indeed. <laughs> Indubitably. Indubitably. So, brain fart. Let's see. What do you do for self-care? Usually, depending on the mood, mm-hmm. I'll play video games. And what or, video games? Oh, my gosh. I, well, so lately I've still been invested in Destiny 2 because I've been enjoying just playing that through the season. But also, like, I, I love the Assassin's Creed games. Not super thrilled with Valhalla. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually pretty disappointed by it, which sucked because I was so looking forward to it. But also, I love God of War. I'm so pumped for the next one to come out. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait. It's going to be amazing. Like, I love Norse mythology. So anything involving that is awesome. But mainly a lot of, like, RPG games. Okay. For the most part. I also, I, I like to draw sometimes. Like, that's my little self-care, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, great mental self-care. Uh not super great physical self-care because I get like tunnel vision uh-huh. and like I, I lose track of time, like total loss of time. And it's like, you know, hours later and I'm like, holy shit, I didn't even eat yet today. Oh, wow. Did I drink water? <laughs> like, did I do anything? No, I've just been drawing like, and I love it, but it's not so great sometimes for, uh, for, you know, physically. But um, drawing video games, laying on my couch and, you know, smoking some weed and uh, putting on a nature documentary. <laughs> What's the favorite one so far? There's one I, re- I remember to sing. It's like um, li- living art or moving art or something, um, which is awesome. And it is just scenery and like, that's it. There's, there's no talking. There's no narration. It's just like whatever episode it is, like there's an ocean one and you just go through the ocean and you see like all, and it's like high def. So like, I love the ocean documentaries, especially when I smoke because everything's like brighter. Okay. And I'm more like intrigued by it. I basically become a baby. Um, you know how babies like <laughs> like to watch moving colorful things? Uh-huh. That's me. Okay. So like the ocean ones are a lot of are always like very nice and entertaining. Um or just like the ocean documentaries in general. Like whatever I can find, I'll watch it. Um, do you have a favorite marine animal? You know what? Okay, so I used to really like dolphins, and then I learned more about dolphins. And dolphins are kind of assholes, without any reason to be, other than for the sake of being assholes. So <laughs> I learned I, knowledge is a curse. Um, so I can't unknow what I know now about dolphins. I'd probably just stick with like 
a humpback whale. Like they're they're chill. Gentle giants. They are. And they're just I love them. They're so majestic. So massive. And right. yet like it's just it's just amazing to me. I think sharks are super cool. Uh-huh. I would not want to like get in a cage with one. Oh, I went swimming with sharks once. That was an experience. Oh I, gosh. And then they like swam really close. I don't know if I would ever want I think that's like one experience that you know, I I'm content going to my grave never having experienced that. Well, it was in a cage. So that's the one. Yeah, I mean, bit. that helps, but like, I don't, you know, yeah, I watch yeah. a lot of movies. <laughs> I watched Jaws at a young age. Okay. I watched Jaws before I was old enough to watch Jaws. Right. Scarred. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, I understand. So, but yeah, I'm like, well, I'll just give it a shot. They had like a Groupon for it. Pretty inexpensive. I'm like, okay. I'm willing to spend that much money to try and live through a shark attack. No, just kidding. But no, I was like, okay, I'll do it. Oh, well, there you go. You saved money. So, I mean, if you had a Groupon for it, I can't fault you. Exactly. Smart. <laughs> he got a Groupon. <laughs> can't say no to the Groupon. No, it's very useful. It's very useful. Okay. So what is something you're proud of? This is a moment to brag. It doesn't have to be about fandom. It's just like something you've done that you like want to say, look, I've done this. And, you know, to, cause I feel like you got to normalize being awesome sometimes and owning that shit. I agree. I honestly, I'm really proud of my novels mm-hmm. because I did the thing like that in of itself makes me proud because I always wanted to, Mm -hmm. Like, I got into writing, honestly, fairly young, like, just, I really enjoyed it anytime we had to do any creative writing for uh, English classes. And, you know, I read all the time, and was very invested in living in like, you know, these fantasy worlds. And I always wanted to write a novel, but and I had I had a couple attempts. And then I would get to a point and I'm like, no, I don't, no, I'm not feeling this. I don't think this one. And that happened a couple times. And then I had my idea for my current series and that stuck. Mm-hmm. And I got very invested <laughs> in it. Um, and like, you know, like that little, uh, the meme of, I can't think of which stinking show it is, but he's like all stressed out and like has like the red red eyes and his hair is all crazy. And he has the board behind him with like all the threads connecting. Yes. I yeah, that's me. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's me. Like when I'm like in the midst of writing something with it, it's like, just like looking totally, you know, jazzed out. Yeah. I would say honestly, my novels, I'm proud of the fact that I even like, I did the thing and I, not only did I do the thing, but I did the thing three times. Mm -hmm. That (laughs) was pretty awesome. Yeah. I was, I'm pumped about that. And isn't it also an audible for for, like a version two? There's a Kindle version. There isn't an audible version. Not to my knowledge anyway. Like I, if there is, I, it, I didn't sanction it. Um, (laughs) I didn't sign off on anything. I mean, somebody total. I, I, I would not be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to read my own book. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
for like an audible. I just want to, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to fan fiction. Yeah, sure. But like, I don't know. There's something about like, I, I, I touch them enough. Somebody else can, <laughs> like, I, I don't want to do everything. Someone else can do it, but then you'll lose yeah. all the royalties from reading your own story. Okay, you can make enough. a lot of money, uh, apparently reading stories. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I did not know this. Yep. So if you ever want to give it a shot, you can. Interesting. <laughs> I'm like cataloging that in the back of my mind for later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people okay. like read. Like I love listening to books. Like the oh current, yeah. The current one I'm listening to is Moving Forward by Andrew Yang. So yeah, we're usually they're self help books only because you know I can't be arsed to read them. But sometimes I do read normal fiction but my life is fan fiction right now our fandom stuff i get that that's i've mainly just been reading um fan fiction but i every time i seem to like go to read something i don't actually read like a fiction book i i pick something else up i have so many history books that i just i I just i i don't know what happens i get stuck in the history section at like barnes and noble and the next thing I know, I'm walking out with a crap ton of books about a bunch of different shit. And I'm like, just invested in that. And that's what I, that's why I go on. I think grad school broke me <laughs> because that's like what I gravitate towards. But I, I have gotten into audiobooks. Um, I do have an Audible membership and, you know, I take advantage of that and I have some different ones. In there, the last thing that I was listening to was The Keys of Solomon. Okay. I was listening to that. Like, I I had all these Audible credits, and I, like, researching random shit. And I really like, one of the things I always loved about history was I loved, like, occult history. Because it's just so interesting to me. So I have a bunch of books on that. And then I got, like, my one buddy was like, oh, no, like, you should listen to Keys of Solomon. Like, that, that'll be, like, you'll enjoy that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it had, they had it for Audible. And I had credits. And I was like, I'm going to get that. And it's, like, all the keys. Because there's, like, three of them. Three or four of them. And it's all of them compiled together, and it's by Aleister Crowley, and it's, like, all this. So it's just interesting to – I kind of wish that one, though, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, damn, I really wish I had, like, the physical copy because, like, they're describing images. And you can't see them. And I can't see them. I can, can it come with, like, a companion them. thing or a companion PDF? Not that I was aware of. I feel like that would be a huge disservice to the Audible owners. The book, I mean, audio well, book I mean, owners. Oh, yeah. The people who own it for that. Yeah. But I, I thought you meant like for the writers for a second. And I was like, he don't care. He's been dead for. <laughs> I was like, he's been dead for a while. He doesn't need to know this shit. He's gone. Like, uh, I don't even know when he actually died. Probably 19th century. Well, it's not exactly important right now. No, it's not. It's just now I know now because I, you know, Googled it'll, it'll bother me otherwise. All right. So when do you die? Because now I need to know. 1947. Oh, okay. 
He was born in 1875. Wow. Yeah. Can you believe that? He watched the turn of the century. I know. So fandom is awesome. And it's basically a community. When you think about community and inclusive spaces, what do they look like to you? Uh, For me, I think just inclusive spaces are where you can be with people who are very accepting and Mm -hmm. open-minded and non-judgmental. And there's like, I, there's definitely aspects of fandom um, that are very inclusive and open it and open mm-hmm. minded and non-judgmental and like, you know, all the really great things. Definitely some that aren't. Yes. I mean, you're going to always have that negative yeah. side in it always. somehow. Always. But yeah. for, I mean, for at least for me, like the, my experience has been very positive. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's just, yeah, just being non-judgmental and like open-minded and just willing to like have a conversation. Yeah. And not being afraid to have those hard conversations, even with a stranger, right? Where you guys yeah. can still find that understanding. Yeah. Like you may not agree, mm-hmm. but respectful of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Would be, you know. Oh, yeah. That's not always easy to find because people get so hung up on their own opinions and things that being wrong is so detrimental to their ego. Yeah. I'm familiar. (laughs) It's, it's totally wild. (laughs) It, it is, it is. Yes. It gets scary. Yeah. I have some people that, um, that I work with that like, like very, 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 very sensitive. And like, no matter how like approachable and communicative and open you are it's Mm -hmm. like you know if they don't like something that you said they have to go and like cry about it to somebody Mm -hmm. and like in in a in a negative way instead of just like you know talking to you about it or they blame you for something that's not even your fault and you're like it is not my fault yeah, it's like, um, this and literally my thing for everything, this all could have been avoided if it had been a conversation. Right. So many things can be avoided if there's conversations. Yeah. And be actually Hopefully. like willing to have the conversation instead of like, you know, avoiding the person like. Yeah. But see, conversations are so hard too. And I'm like, like, I understand how they can be hard because. Sometimes people don't want to hurt other people's feelings, but at the end of the day, you're not actually doing anything better for it because then it just becomes this little festering wound that only one of you knows about, but it's there. Right. You're just like, something's up and I don't know what, and no one is talking to me. Yeah. Like, I don't always want to have to have a conversation. I don't. There's obviously like times where I'm like, I literally do not feel like talking to anybody. Mm Mm-hmm about anything mm-hmm. but if there's something that needs addressed i would rather do it have it handled mm-hmm. and you know if it was something i was anxious about then you know i'll have relief that whatever it is is off my chest right and then maybe you can find out why that happened and you you might have misunderstood it completely 
Yeah. Well, I mean, like a lot of arguments and things that happen are really just miscommunication. Not always, but, you know, small things like usually like small issues. It's usually mis miscommunication. Somebody didn't hear you correctly or assumed something or days got mixed up or, you know, times or whatever the case. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, it's easy to avoid so many issues if like you just, you know, it sucks. But if you just have the conversation and you get it done and over with, then everybody can move on mm -hmm. and it'll all be good. Well, you hope it would be good. At the very least, maybe there'll be some understanding. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, this is actually probably a really good place to stop. But before we go, any last words? Uh, just, you know, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. It's been a blast talking with you. I'm so glad. Same to you. Thank you. Oh, so before we leave, let people know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Tumblr at love, order, chaos, repeat. There are dashes between each of those words. Or on Instagram at Chesip Witchness. There's links all through. Like, you go to one, you'll find the other. <laughs> They're everywhere. Like, because all my drawings, I put my drawings on Tumblr too, and I have my Instagram link to them. So. And you can follow me on Tumblr and Twitter as Fandom Is Us. On AO3 as Ayaka Spencer, and on Instagram as The Podcat. All this info is available following the link in the description. A huge thank you to my lovely fan beans and Patreon supporters for tuning in. And last, don't forget to show some love to your favorite fandom creators. Always try to find that common ground, and no matter what anyone says, you are a creative and beautiful person. Peace out, Rainbow Chouts. All right. Later. All right. Bye. Bye.